Hi, Peter Volker here, and welcome to today's edition of the Transition Guide. Now, today I'm in Essex. I'm actually at the group of Dunmire Waste, Reacton, and Firewood with directors Sam Malins and Ed Barnes. Thank you for having me here today. Thanks for coming. Now, the reason I really was looking forward to interviewing is most people try to get out there and they try to do the interviews with people when they're at the end of the journey. Oh, let me interview this person that's got the helicopter, etc. And this is how this person's done it. But the reality is most people don't relate to that. Most people want to understand the journey. And you're currently both going through that journey. Now just to give a little bit of background. When you first went into the business, you went into the family business, didn't you? Yeah, 2004. Why did you end up joining the family business originally? What, joining them with a business partner or no, joining just them? just with you first. Um, it's a good story. So when I left school, I, I, I always wanted to make it for myself. Like It was something in my head. I didn't, at the time, I didn't want to join the family business. I just had it in my head that I wanted to go into business for myself. So I, had, I got a couple of jobs. And then I did actually go into the family business for a few months when I was 17. Um, and I think that's really when it when it sort of hit home that I wanted to go and do it for myself. Um, and then I went and sold cars for a few years and sort of learnt the fact that I had the gift of the gab and could could you know could engage with the customers really well. And we moved. I worked with a with a friend at the time, and we moved a lot of cars. And then I this was sort of for me, life was about learning from your mistakes as quickly as you can and. We, I, I was looking at Carl, who my friend was, was working with for, and I was thinking, well, if, if you can do it, then I must be able to do it. Mm. So I had a, some, my dad actually helped me back then, got me an overdraft, I went and bought some cars. My first lesson I learned was we, it's, it's all very well being able to sell, but if you don't have the supply chain, um, that's a really big fall down. So obviously I went to, I, I then split away from Carl from working with him and I went into the into renting a few spaces and trading cars and I went my first mistake was kind of going to his suppliers and he kind of went oh, you can't do that like they're they're my suppliers I was like oh yeah didn't think of that so that was a, a massive lesson and then suddenly I'm going to supply so I'm paying more money and I couldn't I couldn't get the right cars in so that then I went and sold, I was buying Land Rovers from around the country, didn't quite realise how much money I was spending on trying to go and getting them and sourcing them, and then the margins were so small, I wasn't, I was actually earning a lot less than I was when I was working for someone. You know what the interesting thing is though, but that's, a lot of people actually do fall into that trap, Yeah. where they don't quite know the numbers, because most people are not normally numbers driven anyway, so they work hard, etc., not knowing true costs, and think that by working really hard, that they're going to get to where they need to be, but actually working really hard doesn't always get you where you want to be. Yeah, absolutely. So you, you were earning less time. money. A lot less money, to the point that after about a year and a half, I had no money. Well, no money. I was, I was banging on the limit of the overdraft that my dad had arranged for me, and I had no cars. <laughs> so um, then at the time, the... The, the wayside needed investment and it was, a, it was it, we had a, a family conversation. It was either, look, we're gonna wind it down or do you wanna take it over? 
and I decided to, to give it a go. And I was at that point, I was then I kind of I'd learned enough to know that going on your own is 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 not easy. So I've got a big respect for people that do that. So, but then obviously I did have this small little business. Um, I think the waste company turned over about eight fifty or nine hundred thousand yeah, at the time, but eight or ten people when I took it over. Um, and I was really infused and really buzzing to get going. And I was, I was, I was fortunate because I was so enthusiastic. We, we got a new bit of plant in and then the Broomfield Hospital project came up. So you've got, I think when we went in for the tender, you had a couple of companies that were tendering and then me and these guys, it was just their normal day job, but I was in there really enthusiastic and really wanted to win it. So we won that and that was my first big, big break really. So that's interesting because very much on the back of enthusiasm, you can yeah. do a heck of a lot. Absolutely. I think the challenge you've got is a lot of people over the years, they lose that enthusiasm. Mm. You know what it's like when business bears you down, it wears <laughs> you down. Yeah. You kind of lose what makes you great in the first place. Yeah. So at what point did you decide that you needed to bring Ed on board? I think with, with anything, it's relationships. I think that's really... And I think when we, when we first met, I, we, one, we were in business, we, we met through business coaching. So we were, mm. we were the business coach in Bishop Stortford. Um, and we had, we were going to court 90 day planning, it was called. At the yeah, time, it was, so yeah. we were going to 90 day planning. And it was, we, we, we'd met a couple of times. And then I just remember we, we, we went to a couple and in a lot of the planning, we, you, you'd get into the planning meeting and everything, everyone said that they were going to do no one did it um and or hardly any people did it but ed and i we were cracking on and we were getting stuff done so naturally we gravitated together and we were working together and quite quickly i was going to say we were helping each other but actually ed was helping me most of the time so it was we just we just hit it off very very quickly and i think we both really enjoyed each other's kind of drive because that's quite interesting. So really, you complemented one another, right? Mm. Yeah. Which is quite interesting because most of the times, partnerships tend not to work because there's not that gel in there. Yeah. But you're actually quite unique where you've got a very specific skill set. You've got a very specific skill set and actually, yeah, you mm. work well together. Yeah, Yeah. because I couldn't work with two me's. Well, you couldn't, no, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> it would just wouldn't go it just wouldn't work so that's that is why we work so well together. and by working together what did that enable you to do in the business do you know um i think it's the same it's really it was what enables us to do exactly what we're doing now um it was able to whichever way you know i always think that whenever you're dealing with a decision you need to have as many viewpoints as you can um and one of the things that we've certainly learned um, more so probably I've said in the last two, three years is understanding risk and looking forward more than six months or three months or, you know, just being quite short-sighted. And when we when we first met, we were sort of like gung-ho, let's go and do this sort of stuff. And you, you don't tend to worry about the structure that sits behind it. You don't tend to worry about the what-ifs. You're just, you're, when you're younger, I mean, like when we were younger, we always got told, well, we'll worry about it when you get older. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, you think you just go off and do whatever you want. And then you won't think. And then you wake up now in the morning, you go, yeah, well, actually, 
yeah, we, we need to think about that. That's a big risk. <laughs> it wasn't 10 years ago. No, um, it wasn't. And, and that, that is, that's where sort of the, the, why the sort of partnership works and, and the skills, uh, the skills are, are different. And, and I think for me, it's, as we've grown, we've always put systems in place. We've always changed the way we operate. And we try to be the best at the size that we were. So when you're smaller, there is a handful of things you can do. When you're turning over a, a million pounds, there's, you know, there's a whole host of people also turning over a million pound. And what scales your business up from that million to two million? Or for some people, it might be 1.5, depending on what, what industry they're in. And for us, we quickly realised, working together, that um, for, for the wayside, there was, there was a few retaining structural things that meant it couldn't scale. You know, there's plenty of waste being generated in the world, um, especially in, in the area we're in, especially Chelmsford that's, that's growing as fast as it is. And so we realised that, you know, for me, it was able, right, let's have a plan for, for the business. And I think that's what, where we originally started talking about. And that's originally the first project we worked on. Actually, the first project we worked on was painting the, the new office when it was decided that we'd move it from the, the first location to actually at the yard because we realised that you had people in the office sort of dictating how the company yeah. runs. Um, they'd, they'd never seen a yard. You know, mm. They didn't know what was going on in the yard. It was, it was almost that, you know, we'll feed you work and you just get on with it. Um, and that was one of the first things. I remember Ed came in and it was like, right, so how do you, how do you work? Well, the yard's here and the sales, the, the, the couple of late, you had the accounts lady at, 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 effectively at the home at the farm and then the sales lady there. And I remember you just went, this just doesn't work. I was like, well, no, it doesn't. At the time we were sending faxes from, from, the, from the office to the yard with the daily sheets and, and Ed just went, well, this just doesn't work. They just can't communicate. And, and, and then... We, we said, well, okay, well, what should we do about it? Well, let's buy some portal cabins and let's get the office up there. And like literally within three weeks, it was done. Yeah. So that's when we knew we could move. If we set our mind, if either of us set our mind to something, especially if both of us did, it was just done. It was like we didn't, even, we didn't procrastinate. It was like, mind, yeah. you know, think of, think of something to do, figure out how we're going to do it, done. Yeah. And from that, you grew the business. You then went and bought multiple businesses. Yep. Yeah, we started a business because we, there was a there was a, a, a third partner of ours sort of come to me with an idea, um, sort of down the pub, and um, I'd always saw myself as sort of an entrepreneur. But obviously, you're not really an entrepreneur if you have one business. You're a business owner, um, so we so we we um, we basically come up with the idea I said to Jamie look we'll I've, I've got a perfect person who can be the third you know who can be the the technical drive because Ed's understanding of things really does go down to levels that not many people's do so mm. we can really you know between the three of us we can really drive this and so we started Firewood in 2010 yeah. um, but we didn't really we didn't employ our first person until 2013 so for two or three years we were testing and playing about with it so that was when we started. And then in 2016, we brought a, the competitor to the manufacturer that we were using. So three very different businesses. Mm. And what do you reckon your biggest challenge during that period was? People. I was going to say, what do you think we were going to say? <laughs> <laughs> well, you already knew. That's a rhetorical question. You already knew the answer. 
But um, yeah, but people. But you were saying earlier on that you need people for the level that you were as a business. Mm. And I think one of the big challenges happens to be that as a business starts to scale, not everyone can keep up. Yeah. No. And I think because you were scaling at such a mm. pace over that period of time, you were far outgrowing yeah. the people around you. Yeah, definitely. And, and in some cases on a weekly basis. And they weren't, yeah. and probably where you were so enthusiastic about your journey, I don't necessarily think they were as enthusiastic as you. Yeah. And that's one of the big challenges with scale-ups is it's a highly dynamic, it's a highly, highly dynamic environment. And I don't think everybody wants to be in that. Some people just like things to be slow. Yeah. And yeah, you were definitely. anything but slow. And what else do you think you learned along the way? I mean, when we talk about people, yeah, you had your people that, you had your current team. What else did you need to learn about your teams? You talk about people being the challenge. What else did you find that you had to learn? I think it's structure. Yeah. I think one of the things, you're right, the, we found the people the challenge, but actually we were we were the problem in a, in, in a long way. So we, we had this desire to scale so quickly, but we weren't willing to put the time into the structure so we could scale. Mm. And then obviously there's issues with scaling, i.e. you want amazing people, but sometimes you can't afford it. You know, yeah. like, do you want to do you want to bring someone in for a hundred grand? You're turning over one and a half million. You can't afford to do that. It's like two or three people's wages. Well, the other thing is sometimes when you haven't quite learned how to do that, you do bring on that person for a hundred grand, and they yep. end up being a bag of shit. Yeah, yeah. Okay. the other danger. And we've been there and done that. And you, and what you can't what you can't forget is that you, that I think one of the biggest mistakes we've made around the people and structure part is we know what works. For our recipe yeah and everyone Gordon Ramsay's got a different recipe to Jamie Oliver and we have a different recipe in business to other people it doesn't mean that you share parts of your recipe in the same way you use you know they both use onions in a recipe but how it works is unique to you in your business and I think where where we've brought people in previously what we've asked them to do is 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 to be the chef yeah to come in and put the recipes in and put the structure in and, and in essence that a if you actually look back in back at the people we brought in to do that, they had no demonstrative, you know, they had no demonstration of ever being able to do that. They've gone into a, a, a big, um, a much bigger PLC or a bigger corporate or worldwide business where there is an established structure that was built off the founder's recipe book. Yep. Um, so for us, it's a case of the structure that we have now enables us to still keep our original recipe but support the growth of of that so people don't deviate away from our values people don't deviate away from um the way that we treat customers for example you know that's a big part of what we do and it still to this day becomes a challenge pushing that to every area of the business we will do whatever it takes to keep a customer a customer yeah. yeah. Um, and yet you still are blue in the face telling people that's not the behaviour that we expect when dealing with customers. Mm. Um, so I think that that's a massive part of it. And I think for me personally, another area of, of scaling the businesses that now we look at is how f I don't think businesses, and we're included in this, have kept up at the pace that technology has moved at. 
you know, and that's that's the way you run your business. That's the way that um, you know. For example, one of the things we've done recently is is literally banned anything external from a marketing perspective. So that's websites. So we were in that we've been in the procrastination position with websites for the past year mm-hmm. and a half, where we got our fingers burnt with a, with an advertising agency that we trusted. Um, and that relationship, as it's fizzled out, has proven to see what they think of their customers. So, mm. you know, for us, I, I don't want someone coming in and selling me a website and they come in and they show me a pretty brochure and then they charge me a thousand pound a month to make a change to it. And te- 15 grand for the website. And 15 grand for the website. Yeah. Actually, they don't give a toss about They don't care about that. They don't, they'll tell you that they care. They tell you that they're best at SEO. And the reality is, is now in the world of technology, you don't need an SEO expert, yeah? If you've got someone who, and I believe this is a massive part for what we've done, is learning, yeah? yeah? It's the reason we go to business coaching. It's the reason that we train, we train staff. It's the way we change our behaviour is through learning. And if you learn and you have a company that's willing to look at the modern way of doing things, I don't think anyone would outsource their web design. There's plenty of young, talented people coming through our business who... <laughs> far, a far outskill our ability to use um, an iPad or a PC or a Mac and, and they can design your website mm. and there's tools out there to tell you that the SEO for your website is right or wrong you know you don't, you don't need this so that's an example of where we've almost paused our web presence and marketing mm. and actually put a cap on the business because we weren't investing in a newer way of doing it because we hadn't spent time which is something else we've been doing out of the business going right let's just put the brakes on what we're doing and have a look at a fresh structure what's needed in the business but do you think that was a transition phase definitely where actually yeah. the reality is you were caught in the doing yeah but you had no choice doing the doing yeah because of the people and the resource around you yeah and it's only as you got better over time you've been able to bring in that better level of support and in all fairness you've bought back your time haven't you through better people, etc., yeah. which has allowed you to make those more strategic yeah. decisions, do that more strategic work, that you know what, three or four years ago, you just didn't have the bandwidth no. to do. No. And we've gone through some, I mean, yeah, it's, it can, it, you, you can actually get quite emotional to think of some of the months or years we've been through sure. over the last three or four years. And it's been, you know, you, you get to the point where you feel completely broken and just as just as you feel like you're you've had enough of everything, you then make a breakthrough. Yeah. Um, and you know, and that's who you meet. That's that's you know, that's networking to, to, to get staff on board, to get you know, yeah, to, to you, you build the team by networking and getting great staff on board. Um, and that's one of the things we did do in the last couple of years is we kind of we didn't stop, but we kind of pulled back from just advertising jobs and spent more time networking yeah. and asking people to ask people and, and going out there and finding the people personally, um, not worrying quite so much about employing people that we knew, um, a bit more that friendly yeah. rather mm-hmm. than just going, no, do you know what? We need fresh people. We, we need to not know them. We need to... And I think the hiring process for us as has changed dramatically. But you've learned how to do that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. that's the big thing. Yeah, and it's something that you said earlier that's quite interesting. That over the last three or four years, you've had some highs and lows. Mm. I mean, you came to the point where you had to literally put everything on the line. Yeah. 
to finance the business. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And that must have been quite scary. Yeah. yeah. And, and because this is something I, I think people external to business and, and it can be it can be partners as in relationship partners, it can be other shareholders, it can be everything else. I think they friends, they friends as well, yeah. yeah. Um, and it comes to a point where people think, what they don't understand is the scale part. So what people think is, look, you've been really stressful and busy and, you know, it's, 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 it's all been really stressful for this period of time and you've got to this point now and then you've got a group MD. So now it's like, well, you know, you should be, uh, you know, on a beach in Jamaica chilling with a drink, you know, <laughs> and there's no stress for you because, you know, there's, there's someone taking care of that and that. The reality of it is the stress and the strain and, and the desire doesn't change. No. It's just different. It's, it's new. It's just different. Yeah. It's new stress, yeah. Yeah. It's new, new stress. stuff, because it's a pathway that you've yet to tread. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. You're yeah. now doing yeah. it, so it's all news for you. That's mm. the thing with scaling up businesses. They're all news. Yeah. yeah. And we've built this. It's our DNA to, 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 to be stressed, yeah. in a way. But in a nice, it's nicer now, yeah. the way that we have got such a great structure underneath us. Yeah, I feel less stressed now. There's, there's a few, there's quite a number of things to be stressed about that are going on at the moment, but we fit the, the, the pressure, the day to day minutia stress is not with us, so we get a bit more chance to look over the top. But it's important for people to know that actually putting that structure in place has taken you over years. five years. Yes, yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. A lot of people think straight away, no, 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 yeah. we'll put the structure in. It doesn't work that way. Oh, yeah. And and if you'd have asked me, you know, when we've been through some points and yeah. some months where. We, we, we look at each other and we be like, we're never going to get this right, ever. Like, literally, this is just, we're just flogging a dead horse. Um, and it's just, I can't stress enough. I don't know, have you seen the, the, the picture where you've got, a, it's like a cartoon guy with an axe and he, and he gets to a point and there's a diamond and then there's one that he's nearly there and he's turned around. That, that resonates with me all Three the time. Three feet from gold. Three feet, and it's literally, you, you can be at broken point, but just keep going, and, then, and, the, and the rewards are there. And that's happened to us literally yeah. so many times, even to the point where we've just, at the point where the business is really not in a good way, and then a, and then a contract just lands within a week. But it's because um, you never gave up. Yeah. You yeah, kept yeah, going. Yeah. So, I mean, people tuning in today, if you were to give entrepreneurs out there, they're on their journey, a piece of advice, what would your piece of advice be for them, Sam and then Ed? My piece of advice would be patience. Um, it's a, it's, I follow Gary Vaynerchuk quite closely. Um, I enjoy quite a lot of what he puts out. And he said it, and it really resonated, it really, it really hit home with me. And I think that's what, one of the reasons why we both work extremely well together is because we've both got a lot of drive but we've both got a lot of patience. And um, other than this morning, as you saw in the office. <laughs> but but patience, is a, patience is a virtue, they say. And I think that is, for us, as you, you know, we, we started working together for a lot, many years ago. If we weren't patient, we'd end up, like how I see a lot of business owners, where they get to a certain point and then they're just, and then, and then they're like, I can't do this anymore. And I think, you know, Scaling's one thing and the drive is one thing, but some but patience I think is is the biggest. So patience is one. Thank you, Sam. What about you, Ed? I'll go straight to the other spectrum. <laughs> you're either going to go this way round or the other way round. <laughs> um, for me, and it's something that, I, that 
is what I, I wouldn't. I think when I give the advice, I, 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 it, I just wouldn't be able to get out of bed without it. And it is the relentless pursuit to be the best. Yeah. A relentless pursuit, and yeah. that doesn't mean being the best because you know your website looks nice. It doesn't mean being the best because you've you've won this contract over your competitor. The reality is, I think so many people forget that. You know, whilst you think you've made two steps forward in the business and you're really happy with your new website and it's better than your competitors, well, behind the scenes, they've just employed the next. So, you know, the next best salesperson or they've won the next big contract or they've won this. And, and that for us, instilling that in a lot of the team here is, you know, the, the, you know, we're not finished. We're not done. We're not, you know, we're, just because we've got this new shiny product or we've got this approval, we're not done. This is, this is like, you know, this is training. And that, we that find this a lot with the sales team. Yeah. Do you know what we find? It's a lot with the sales team where yeah. they'll go and get a contract and it's like, lovely. Yeah. Right, and, and, that's, and that's where, we're, that's where yeah. we're the same is we go and get a contract and it's right next. What's next? But that's that level five ambition that Jim Collins often talks yeah, yeah. about in Great by Choice. And interestingly enough, you, you, take, you take your people like your Jeff Bezos is out there, your Elon Musks, etc. They didn't get to where they are <clears throat> by not having that fanatical discipline yeah. and that absolute drive to be the very best. Yeah. And it isn't about the money, it's about being the best, the money then comes, yeah. eventually. It is, that's, that's both, that's exactly yeah, right. Yeah. So I mean, thanks for your time today. There's some Sorry. really great nuggets out there. And for those of you that have tuned in today, what are your experiences in business? What are your thoughts and takeaway? I mean, please leave a comment below. Let us know what your thoughts are. And once again, you know, thank you and congratulations and can keep on scaling up. Thank you very much. Thanks, Pete. Cheers, Pete.